Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Hey everyone, I'm Greg. I'm Ash. We're Pursuit of the Paranormal, which you'll probably know because you're listening to our podcast. But there are several ways that you could support the show. Um, you can visit our merchandise store where we've got loads of clothing and other bits and bobs there for you. And we also have launched our Buy Me A Coffee campaign. Tell me a little bit more about that, Ash. Yes, yeah, so you can support the show on with a one-off donation. Or you can also join our membership scheme, which gives you different benefits, including shout-outs on the show, discount on the merchandise store, early access to episodes, bonus episodes, all of these different levels of membership. It just helps us carry on doing what we're doing. So you can visit all these places and more at our linktree.com forward slash Pursuit of the Paranormal. Welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit of the Paranormal. This week... Greg and I talk to a lady called Wicked Nikki from the United States. Nikki is a medium, which she'll go into detail about during the episode. And she's also had her own terrifying experiences in her own home. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and let us know what you think, as always, on social media. I've seen some of your stuff on TikTok. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually just, um, I'm, I just downloaded that this year, I think, in this past year. And I wasn't, I didn't know how I felt about posting that stuff because um where i'm from here people are very close-minded and uh if you just blatantly say things that you've experienced and you know i was like a comedian they're like you're either crazy or you're satanic that's literally okay. how they think it here so i was like you know what i'm just gonna go on here and post some things and see how people respond to it you know my experiences because like people around here that know me they like I've helped people um cleanse houses and you know um help them kind of because like I just said if you blatantly go out and tell people these things people don't you know don't register it well but I'm very open-minded with these things obviously so people have come to me with things so I was like I'm gonna post these things on TikTok and just see how it registers so it's been all right so far how many comments about it I'm not negative. No, um, it's been, if anything, more people wanting to know more. I think people are very interested in it and just are more shy to talk about it because it's so taboo. And, you know, people like, you know, it's this concept of like people like scary stories, you know, but then when it happens to you or the, you know, not even this initially scary, but anything that's, you know, otherworldly, people are very interested in that. So, and I think more people have experienced it than have talked about it, honestly. I have talked to a lot of people about like my experiences and then they come back with their experience. And it's really, I really love hearing about people's experiences because then it makes me feel <laughs> less like out there about mine. And then I'm, you know, helping people. I love helping people, you know, cause I've been in that position in the past where I needed help and there was nobody there. So it, it's nice. So do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the experiences that you've had? Okay, well, um, I don't even know where to start. I've had a, quite a few of them. Um, I've had, let's see, um, my first thing was uh, my child. I have one child. I have an eight-year-old boy. And uh, me and his dad, when we lived together, 
um, we actually had to live through, and this was insane, we had to live through a, a demonic haunting. And I had no idea that that's what it was at the time, because this was like back in 2015, 2016. So like I, when you live through it, you, it's, it's such an odd thing. You don't, you literally feel like you're going crazy because the way that it comes at you. And um, so looking back now and from the things that I've learned from then to now, I know what it is now or what it was, but then I had no idea. So um, I, I, that actually is a major story that I wanted to talk about eventually. I just don't know how to do it <laughs> because it's, it, it was terrifying because it had to do with me and my, my son. My son was, uh, he was, let's see, about three and four and five. So three to five, he was going through it. So thank God he doesn't li- like remember it now. But um, at that time, I had no idea really what it was. I could just like, and then his father didn't really want to talk to me about his experiences because he thought he was going crazy too. So we're living in a house, both experiencing different things. And then eventually we talked about what we've seen. So um, that if anything, I always joke around and I say, you know, sometimes when people go through like their awakenings and stuff, the door kind of opens a little bit. Mine just swung, mine just swung open, you know, it just, there was no like peak inside. It was like, here's everything. Enjoy, you know? So, um, I got to experience my, like, I wouldn't say it was my first paranormal thing, but my first hands-on was demonic. And then after that, it was like, I had to kind of figure out, okay, Uh, pick up the pieces because it it didn't just touch it wrecked our lives for a few years it literally wrecked our lives Um, we lost our home we literally abandoned our home pretty much we left everything there because we didn't want to deal with it anymore and it was just it was terrifying so um I don't know if I should start with that or (laughs) I should just talk about like certain things that I've seen I yeah it's so do you want do you want to go right back to the first time you had a paranormal experience? If that demonic one you said was the hands like first hands-on one, what was your first time you experienced? Let's go right back. Okay, yeah, that was uh, when I was a probably a preteen. Um, I have always been like really open to things like that, but I never grew up. I was never really around it, so it's not like I was exposed to it and went from that. Um, I was over at my friend's house staying the night and, um, she never told me that her place was haunted. You know, to me, you warn somebody about that. <laughs> like, Hey, by the way, you might see things or experience things. No, she didn't tell me that. So I got to experience that one, uh, without any warning, but, um, me and her, I was staying the night with her and, um, I, we had our backs turned towards each other cause we were sleeping on the floor. And I think I was maybe 13 at this time. And, um, I felt this pressure on my, my shoulder, like something had grabbed onto me and I thought it was her. So I kept shrugging her off, you know, telling her to get, you know, like kind of get off of me. And I turned around and I realized her back was to me and her hands were like up, up under, under her. And I'm looking at her and I'm realizing this thing is still holding on to me. So I, you ever get that panic fear where you don't move. You just, you, you literally, you feel your, your heart in your throat. And that's how I, I couldn't scream. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. And so I just laid there for just I felt like forever. And it finally let go of me. And then I was able to speak. So you can say in a sense that I, I mean, it wasn't sleep paralysis. I've had that, but it kind of felt like that. Like once it let go, I was able to move. I was able to speak. 
And I told her, I was like, I woke her up. And then she told me after that, she's like, uh, I probably should have told you there's something in my home. And um, she told me that there's a shadow person um, and there's actually three of them. And that uh, that's why she didn't, cause I always wondered why she never slept in her bedroom. Cause she never did. She always slept in the front room on the floor. And I just, you know, as a kid, you don't really think to ask those things. You just, whatever, you know, um, everybody's got their thing. And she was like, that's why I don't sleep in my bedroom because that uh, she, when she'd fall asleep, there'd be things that would watch her sleep. And so that was my first ever experience with paranormal was something literally touching me. And um, I kind of blocked it after that. Like, I don't know how to explain it more than that. Like you're, I don't know if it's your subconscious or your soul or something, something can tell like what you can't handle kind of essentially can stop that you know, like your guides and, you know, your let pass levels, things like that. They know what you can and cannot handle, whether you know it or not. So I think mine at the time knew I couldn't handle it because it scared me that bad. And so my uh, next experience wasn't until after uh, my fiance had passed away. This was in 2011. Um, he died in a really bad car accident. And um, it's so like after that, it was experiencing stuff that I think like, I say think because I can't tell you because like at the time I wasn't I didn't know I had these gifts at the time I was 20 24 I think I'm 34 now so um at the time you know seeing him and you know hearing him and all that stuff I just I I thought maybe I'm going crazy you know <laughs> like because you don't know how to react whenever somebody dies and the reactions from that but looking back now I know exactly what it was it was him because he didn't uh it was such a sudden thing. He didn't know to pa how to pass on. He didn't really want to pass on. So he eventually did. And then um, after that, it wasn't again till the demonic. So I literally had like maybe two ex major experiences. And then, like I said, the door just bursted open on me and I was able to experience everything. And I wasn't necessarily ready for it at the time. Nobody's ready for it, those things. You can't be ready for that. <laughs> so you, you mentioned there about gifts that you sort of realized later on mm -hmm. looking back these gifts made you realize what was happening in the past yeah. what gifts are you talking about um okay so there's different clairs so you can have um clairs uh, obviously clairvoyant is the main one that everybody knows about you know the sight being able to see and um, you've got clairvoyant clairsentient which would be the ability to feel um like people when they say they're empaths and stuff you know that's like a joke now like oh i'm an empath no it's a, it is a real thing you can literally feel things so you have clairvoyant clairsentient um clairaudience which is being able to hear um i'm trying to remember the ones it's hard to remember like at the topic but you have these different clairs so the ability to so um you know your main senses sight smell touch all that stuff you need to add another one which would be like being able to sense things like i just said you're different clairs so that would be a sense in a way so um if you don't know what that is you just think it's something weird happening you know because you can't visibly see it if you can't visibly see it touch it or whatever you it's like i would assume it would be something in you that would try to protect you and say that's not real you're just you know making it up but it's not 
you know, you, if you see some, let's say you're in a room with like 10 people and you experience something, you know, seeing something or hearing something, maybe two or three people out of those 10 people will admit to experiencing that thing because it's like you, you're trying to protect yourself from being something taboo. And because there's something inside of you that doesn't want to register what that could be. So, um, the gift, certain gifts, you know, like I would say that I'm clairsentient and clairvoyant led, um, clairaudient being able to hear. I, I don't really do that because I think I, it makes me uncomfortable being able to hear something and not see it. That'd freak me out. Yeah. There's something about that that just makes you, I don't, I don't know what all you guys have experienced or anything, but like, I mean, I have obviously, but it's, it's, there's something about being able to hear, like, whether it be like a growl or somebody say your name or something, and then you look around and there's nothing there. I've heard a growl. Yeah. That's uncomfortable and unnerving. And it makes you feel, am I going crazy? Did I really just hear that? I know I heard it, you know, but then it's like, it could be like a week or two from that moment. You, it's like your mind tries to rationalize what you heard, even though you know what you heard you know what you experienced. There's something in you that's like, no, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't do that. So I've always wondered what causes us to rationalize those things. So, so you sort of, you, do you, so you actually see stuff and sort of feel, feel. Mm -hmm. So do you see stuff all the time or do you just see it when you're around people that? It depends. It, it always depends on whether, um, how strong the energy is and how much of the message that it wants to convey or get through. Um, like, okay, let's say like, as of lately, I've been a little bit more stressed than normal. Um, so I can literally be like, I don't need to have all this extra going on. So it's kind of like a door that'll close and I won't be as open to messages as I would be before any of all you know all this stuff but there's times that things will come around that say I don't care if you're you know ready for this message or not I need to convey this message and I'm going to convey this message I've had that happen you know I've talked to people and then all of a sudden I'll get a message that'll come through and most of the time I'm not going to tell that person because (laughs) I haven't passed that threshold where I know people have where they're like oh by the way your grandma your deceased grandma wanted you to know I haven't passed that (laughs) That's, that's a conversation I, I don't think anybody really is like, I don't know. So I, I see things, but most of the time, my main thing is I feel them first. I will always feel something before, like, I, I don't know. That's why I do a lot of walkthroughs in homes. Like when I do a walkthrough in a home, like I just did one, um, I think it was in December. I did, that was my last one. After that, I got into a car accident. So I haven't been really doing much lately. But um, right before that, I had did a walkthrough and I go where my gut feeling, I I essentially call it a gut feeling because I like going with um, also like a science base too. So there's actual proof that you have neurons that fire in your gut. So I don't know what they're called, but that is an actual thing. So when you get that gut feeling, that's like telling you don't go in there or, you know, this person makes me feel uncomfortable. Those are the neurons, the same neurons that fire in your brain are firing in your gut. So you that is an actual sense. So that's what I get is the clairsentient that I'll say, okay, you need to go into that room first. And so I'll follow my gut feeling or my, you know, my feelings. And then once I go into there, I go by what it's telling me. Is it making me feel uncomfortable? Is it making me sad? You know, is it making me happy? Like I go by feelings. And then if it's wanting me to see it, I'll see it. 
And uh, so I usually am always feeling first and then sight. So most of the time, if I feel something that makes me terribly uncomfortable, I'll be, if I, if I know it's to help somebody, I will open myself up. I'm not ever going to put myself into a position that I'm not, you know, I don't feel safe in. And um, so if I'm going to your home to look or investigate, I obviously know you needed help and I would not have ever put myself there anyways. So um, like the, the lady that I just went to her house, um, she had something in her child's closet and, but she had two other spirits. There was an elderly man and a woman. And then there was something else that was just didn't feel right. It felt, it felt gross. And the, most of the feelings that I get is like, if it's something bad, I'll get like this nauseous feeling inside of me. And, um, depending on if it, how bad it is, I'll get a, a feeling of dread. I've literally had a feeling of like, something's about to die or somebody's, you know, something bad is about to happen. Those are the really nasty things, but she had something that was in her child's closet. And, um, it was, is growling at me and telling, you know, pretty much telling me to go away. And I, her house, she's a, she's a mom, you know, she has like three kids. So her house is a little cluttered. So I told her, I was like, you know, that happens, but you want to declutter your home. People don't know this, but clutter in your home can actually attract negative things. People don't know that. Like it, it just gives it essentially a place to hide and it creates stress and chaos. So I was like, maybe, you know, start with cleaning your home and then you get a better feeling from that. And then um, we can work on cleansing it and getting it, you know, get this nasty thing out, whatever it is. Cause it, I could tell that it could be removed. You can have a feeling of this thing is easy to get rid of, or this thing is not going to be easy to get rid of. And I knew I was like, okay, this is how we start. And this is where we hopefully will end. So she's I, from the last time I talked to her, she has, you know, done what I asked her to do. I just haven't been back there yet, unfortunately, due to my car accident, but I promised her I'd go and I never charge any fees. I always do it for free because it's kindness. You know, you, you don't, that this is my opinion. I, people can do whatever they want to do, but if I go into somebody's home and I, you know, I'm trying to help them out, I'm not going to be like, well, it's $50, you know, I don't do that. I'm like, okay, the most I will ever charge is if like, say I don't have my own frankincense. I don't have my own, you know, type of stuff that I need to cleanse at home. I'll say, well, I need this too. But most of the time I'm going to have my own things. So that was my last experience with that. So how did you first start getting into sort of doing the house cleanses and doing sort of work for other people? How did that come about? Um, I don't, honestly, I'm looking back, like I started when I started realizing that I was um, able to like, talk to people and I wasn't just going crazy that they were talking back to me and stuff. Um, I, I didn't have anybody to help guide me through it. Most of the time you'll like, I've helped people, you know, like when they start to go through like their awakenings and they realize, Oh, I'm feeling this. I'm not going crazy. You have people that'll help you guide through it. I never had that. So I had to figure it out kind of on my own. So why I started doing readings first to kind of test. And I would tell people that when I would first start doing readings, I'd say, look, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you know, like you just, you know, bear with me here. And um, I, I first started doing, um, oh, what do you call it? I'm having a moment to pretty much like protect yourself. You know, you need to be able to, um, you, you're not, you don't go somewhere, like say you wouldn't go into like the woods without like, a knife or a gun you would not go into a home with like demonic infestation without knowing how to spiritual warfare there you go you know how to do spiritual warfare you got to know how to keep yourself yourself clean so you don't have anything follow you home 
And so I started with that for about almost a year. I learned how to, you know, do certain prayers, certain cleansings and stuff like that. And I went by how I felt comfortable going. And then after that, I was like, okay, well then maybe I should start reaching out to people and seeing if I can do readings. Is this any validity to this? And I did. And I, I did readings for about uh, two years. And um, after that, I felt like I need to, well, it actually was kind of at the same time. Um, after about when I started feeling comfortable, I went into homes too. So I would do readings in people's homes and then, you know, back, back and forth. And then eventually I got to where I don't do readings anymore. I just, um, I don't feel, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like doing them anymore. And uh, people were getting to the point to where, um, like you, you, you can draw a line to where you feel like, I don't like doing readings, like for, for relationships and stuff. I know that sounds like, like, why wouldn't you do that? Well, a lot of that's common sense. And I didn't want to, and doing readings takes a lot of energy out of you. Like you, you're using energy to gain energy. So you're going to feel spent. You're going to feel tired. So the last thing I'm going to do is do, you know, put, ask my guides questions and stuff like that for something you already know the answer to, you know, you know, that guy's a jerk or, you know, that girl's a, you know what I mean? You know, it is. So I would, I do only specific readings. Well, I've had a lot of people be rude to me because of that. And I'm like, well, do I want to do something that makes me feel uncomfortable? No. So um, actually first started doing house cleansings whenever a friend asked me to, I didn't even think about doing that till a friend was like, can you come into my house and tell me like, there's something going on. Can you please come here? And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I've never done it before. So I did it. And then I realized, okay, well I can help people more this way than doing readings from home. I, and it was amazing to me how many people that needed help that just were too afraid to ask for help. It, it's, it's insane how many people there are that they're just so worried about other people, like how people will treat them. You know, if you go and say, I need somebody to come and cleanse my home, people are going to go, yeah, okay, you're crazy. That's a, that's big time around here. Small minded people. So to, is in the area where you live, is there mm -hmm. quite a lot of activity? So is there people with yeah it's, it, challenges? I go with, okay. I always say around like the town that I've grown up in, unfortunately it has a lot of negative activity attached to it. Um, and I, cause at first I was like, why am I always experiencing like these negative things? You know, like I can't, I don't know why. And then after a while, I just realized, you know, it's not, there's something going on and it literally is there's places that have like, you know, just like, you can call it like sick land, you know, just like there's pieces of land that are just sick. And unfortunately the town that I grew up in is sick and a lot of, and wherever you have like sick land, like things happen, you know, like certain things will happen on there that creates people's minds to turn them. If you're already, you know, close to doing something bad, all you need is that little push. And then you will, you know, hurt somebody you love or, you know, hurt other people you don't know. And unfortunately that's happened here. I can't speak for like places in another state or anything. I've only done it around my area, but um, yeah, it, it goes by how the land is and what happened. So you, you're going to have like, if something like awful happened, you know, like a shooting with like many people on that land, you're going to have like a, like a scar, something happened to that. So it's going to cause that. 
And unfortunately, probably this, this country probably has a lot of places that are like that because of a lot of things that have happened. Um, just bad things. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we've spoken to people before from the States and one of the questions is that you guys seem to have a lot of paranormal stuff happen. We, mm -hmm. we do in, um, we do like a short form podcast every week where we take a different state of the U S and mm -hmm. we talk about one of us will talk about a particular sort of paranormal topic that's unique to that state or a story that's unique to that state and bearing in mind in the uk we've got like a very rich history going back yeah. thousands of years with all sorts of stuff happening um so like some of our buildings are thousands of years old uh in in oxford like the university well one of the the castles is like over a thousand years old and whatnot so there's a lot of activity there but mm. it, we always tend to speak more to the u.s um because there seems to be so much paranormal activity and we speak to people and they go yeah in our town very much like you our town has got all these paranormal buildings or these haunted buildings whereas in the uk it doesn't tend to be like that uh so it's interesting you say about the sick sort of sick ground i wonder it makes me curious because you, you like you just said you guys have like a rich history you're obviously from like I've always wanted to, I don't know, something about history, just, I get very interested in it, obviously, what's happened, all that stuff. So I find that very interesting that America, they had seemed to have more of it than you, you guys, because you guys had, you know, way, way, way further than we do. Yeah. So that's amazing to me. Yeah, considering like your, and I don't mean this in a rude way, your, your sort of like the main, it's quite recent history with the US, yeah. like from Independence Day onwards, and you've had like the, the civil wars. But in the UK, we've been having those kind of wars with Scotland for thousands yeah. of years and whatnot. But it, it does just seem to be that all paranormal activity tends to mm -hmm. be over in the, the US. We talk um, about UFOs um, in the on our podcast as well. And a lot of stuff is, is in the US as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's just uh, fascinating that there seems to be such a lot of activity in loads of little towns when in the UK we don't have that sort of volume yeah and you guys are bigger than us too so I don't I don't know why that is I I wish I knew I honestly but um do you, you don't think it would be because people don't like speaking about it or do you like I don't know what that would be are you guys more vocal or less vocal because maybe people just don't talk about it as much because you got facebook or not yeah <laughs> um <laughs> they're very vocal on facebook um yeah. no I, I i don't know if it's the british thing is that we kind of a bit uptight but mm -hmm. I, I, th I think with the, all the paranormal programs um that are on over the last few years like with ghost adventures and all that kind of so we've got I our own versions countries, yeah <laughs> yeah we've got we've got our own versions as well but um it tends to be a lot more hype with the american i think, I think it may have something to do with the fact that you guys um since we spoke you guys are um obviously like you just said a lot older you guys go way back further maybe it's just I more of a, a common no no <laughs> i no, didn't I mean like <laughs> i am <laughs> But you guys, maybe you're just more used to it, whereas Americans feel like, I think Americans now are waking up more than they have before. 
I think people are less stifled, you know, whereas before, like looking back at like the seventies and eighties, if you spoke about it, you'd be laughed at or put on a show on TV to where you're made a joke. Whereas now people are more open to being like, this is my experience. This is what happened. And people are like, oh, wow, that sounds like my experience. So what maybe it's a newer thing. What do you think that is? Yeah. Why do you think it's people getting more open? Because it's the same in the UK. Like mm -hmm. we'd have poltergeist um, stories in the paper before the internet and whatnot, but you would only hear about them every now and again. Whereas mm -hmm. now when you go on Facebook and that, annoys the mm. shit out of me sometimes but um i've been banned from pages on facebook because i question some of stuff but anyway um i think it gives people a bit of an outlet um mm. to see that maybe they're not going crazy or, yeah you're not alone it's the feeling yeah. of you know it's that's human nature you want to feel like you're not alone you want to feel like you know i'm I didn't just experience this by myself. Even if I was alone, I know somebody, and that's nothing like Facebook groups and stuff like that. You go on there and you share these experiences. So then you feel more um, confident to speak about your experiences. And if anything, it makes you to where you want to experience it more. So then you, it's, you go and you try to experience it more. That's why you have so many ghosts, you know, people that go into homes, you know, like you know, uh, investigators and stuff like that. They want to experience that. They want to. So when you get that Absolutely. little bit, you want to keep experiencing it so it's exciting yeah it's um have you been sort of with any paranormal groups do you is that your thing or do you just no, purely I've solo? Always, I, th I think it'd be neat to honestly mm. um i've never myself went into and did a ghost um like hunting thing i've never done that um i've always thought it was really interesting but um like it's the same thing to where um i don't know i go by intentions so, um, like I've never even messed with a Ouija board. That's, that's the thing that I've never even messed with. I don't care if you do do your thing, you know, but it's, I don't know what intentions other people have. And it's all about intentions and what you bring with you. Cause energy is everything. So if you're going into a place with, I'm going to experience this, you know, and I need to experience this nine times out of 10, you're probably not. And if you do, it's going to like, it may not affect you, but it affects somebody else. And they're okay. The deceased, they're, they're, they don't have time. So you may, you want to experience something in the next 10 minutes, but you might not experience something until like a year later, you know, and then you have no idea that that was with you since you went to that place. So it's, it's all about, you know, people wanting this, this thrill, this, this thrill feeling. And I mean, I get it too. It's human nature, you know, but it's like, we need to stop trying to push the envelope and see what we've got already. And we already have like so much around us that it's, it's insane. Like I could go on and on about things that are, I always joke and I say, I don't go out in the woods at night. You won't see me out in the woods at night, obviously. Cause you know, like things that are out there hunting anyways, but you know, the things that you don't know about, you know, that come in and out, like, um, what is it? Um, cryptids stuff like that do you guys do cryptids yeah we've been hunting for some of those haven't we ash before yeah oh guys yeah, yeah i've um yeah i've i've got to experience a couple of uh, things that i never known anybody else like i, I kind of oh, name yep. things Carry myself on. yeah yeah i name things myself because i don't know what else to call them um so like uh i've experienced like like i said i don't like going in the woods at night but i have been put into places to where i have been outside at night and that you see things that are that don't care to hide because spirits will nine times out of ten hide themselves 
they don't really want you to see them, you know, unless they've got a message. Um, Cause most of the time when they're around, they're scared um, or that, you know, they, they don't, they don't know, but then you've got the things that are out there that um, you're in their area and they don't want you to get near them and they want you away from them. Um, there's, uh, I seen this one thing. It was, uh, it was well over eight foot tall and it was completely black. Like I always say void of color is just, you know, if it was in a black room, you, you would see it like as clear as day because these things that are, um, I don't want to say the word evil, but that's the closest you could get to it is because everything is made of stardust. So light, you know, and you've got these things that are not they're from a different dimension essentially and so they are void of any light so that's why they are black on black that's why they are because they are void of light so it's literally a hole it's like punching a hole into and that and i've explained it like that's the only thing that i get these feelings from is these certain types of cryptids that people see like like the mothman or whatever you know those are interdimensional creatures those are things that have come from something else that have come through so that's why you don't see like bodies of them, you know, because people are like, oh, well, if there's Bigfoot, why don't we ever see a dead body? Because they're not of this world. They weren't created of this world. They were created of some other world. So it, I, I just, I, I tried those things make me, because at least whenever I go into a home and if I've experienced like a spirit or something demonic or something else, um, I know kind of how to handle that. Um, I don't really know how to handle a cryptid or something because those are not spirits like prayer and stuff like that won't work with those they're interdimensional like if you stood in front of me and i started praying at you you're gonna look at me like i'm crazy right well that's kind of essentially the same thing as those guys like they're like i don't care what you believe in i'm here right now and those yeah those things make me terribly uncomfortable <laughs> but i've only experienced like maybe a couple times in my life and um the thing i just told you about it was it was very 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 tall and it was very like um it was, it was a guarding this area. It was in this large field and there was a fencing up in it and it was just standing there, but it was kind of placed up against the fence in a tree. So um, I could tell, you know, clear as day that it was standing beside the tree in the fence, but the person that I was with wasn't really seeing it and I didn't understand. And then it, my guides were telling me like, it's guarding something, it's protecting something. Well, it was protecting that whole area. So it's protecting that whole area. I don't, I never found out why, but it just was protecting that area from people like me or anybody that was trying to harm the area. I don't know why to this day, why it was protecting. There was something there it was protecting. So um, uh, I didn't experience something in the back of my ex-boyfriend's truck one night. And um, you go, I go by actions, like on how people react to things, you know, and um we were, me and him were sitting in the truck, just talking. We're in the middle of nowhere. Cause the big thing around here is uh, driving on back roads when you have nothing to do, <laughs> you just drive on back roads and you, you look outside. I mean, it's really beautiful at night, especially in the middle of the summer and you go by a Creek, you know, it's just beautiful. And we're parked on this Creek area and he's just kind of sitting there talking. It's really dark, but it, I look in the rearview mirror and I see something that looks like a man standing in the, you know, back of a truck. And I immediately reacted because of course, you know, it's just me and him and there's somebody in the back of the truck. So I start panicking. I was like, there's somebody in the back of the truck, there's somebody in the back of the truck. And he's like, of course he freaks out because he thinks there's somebody in the back of the truck. <laughs> so then he immediately tries to get out of the truck and I grab a hold of him and I pull him back. Cause I'm getting this like feeling like 
don't go out there. Don't, whatever you do, don't go out there. And um, I grab hold of him trying to keep him from going out there. He's like, no, if something, and he turns around and he doesn't see anything. He does not see anything, but I'm seeing it clear as day. And so finally he gets out of the truck and he's just standing there. And of course, when you open the truck, the dome light comes on, you know, everything's lit up and it's not there anymore. And I was like, I swear there was, you know, it was just, this. and then when he gets back in the truck after that, I just had this feeling of, we need to leave. We, we don't need to be here. And we, that was our favorite spot. We'd be there all the time, you know? And then I just had this overwhelming feeling of leave, get out of there now. And those types of things, you'll get those feelings. And I still don't know why. Ash? Yes. <laughs> well, in the middle of don't forget well. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we don't belong in those spots. We don't really. I mean, we're prey to those types of things. You know, and, and a lot of times they don't want to hurt us. They, they just don't want us in their area. I'm not speaking for all of them. But, you know, most of the times yeah. they don't want to hurt us. They're just like, who are you and why are you here? You said... So you've said quite matter-of-factly about these creatures being interdimensional, uh, mm-hmm. which is something that we've discussed as a theory quite a few times on, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you seem to believe that they are interdimensional. So what is it that led you to have that belief? Um, only because, all right, like when I said I go by feelings, um, hum- people have, I, I say humans like I'm not a human, but people have this feeling like you, you know them, like you, okay, you, you get stand up to them. You have like, if I were to close my eyes and you know, you get a feeling of somebody standing behind you, you know, it's, if it's a, usually you'll know if it's a person or something, like there's like a thing that goes off in your, your soul essentially. That's like, okay, this is a person. This is a common person. Um, it's made up of what I made of. Um, these types of interdimensional things are not made up of what we are made of. They're made of something completely different because they're made of, of different areas and of different types of things, whether it be evil, not evil, you know, whatever they are there, it, it gives off kind of like a, an alarm. It's like, okay, I don't know what you are and there's nothing. And then on top of that, when you have guides talking to you in your ear, being like, that's not the, that's not what you think it is. You know, they, they let you know, but that it's literally like a common feeling. Like, I know this person is a person. This is not a person. I don't care if it could make itself look like a person or not. You know, it's like, there's a feeling in you that just knows. And just one day I just, I literally was like, these things are not from this dimension. They're from something else. They're from somewhere else. And I, the closest I've gotten to it is literally you have, um, you know, ley lines are right. Yeah, the late lines, yeah. obviously. Okay. Well, you have these things that like cross. Okay. And where they cross, um, those are doors that'll open. Well, that's the same thing with dimensions. You will have literal dimensions that go, you know, all these different ways. And where they cross are openings. And these things come through these openings. They're able to. It's just a matter of do they know they're doing it or not? Some do, some don't. That's all. That's what I've pretty much picked up from it. Cool, cool. So, sort of looped back there to your own experiences. I sort of want to go back to your what you call the, the demonic experience mm-hmm. that opened up the doorway into your whole sort of experiences. So I just want to talk to us a bit more about what happened with, with that. Okay. Um, well, whenever that I've noticed like um whenever demonic hauntings happen, it's not all the time, but something normally will happen to make it, you know, trigger it. Well, unfortunately, at the time when that kind of catapulted it, um, we had uh, two major deaths in the family. 
and they were on my son's uh, father's side. His stepfather and his father both died within the same year. And then um, we had to move in the same time. So there was a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety going on at that time. And unfortunately, his stepfather was not a very nice man. I'm just going to say that in this like sweetest sense. But um, he kind of carried a lot of bad energy. And um, so when he died, he left something. Now, this is, this, there's a lot to it. That's why I kind of want to like maybe write about it or something because it's very, it's very deep. At the same time of that happening, we had this uh, quirky neighbor. I'm going to say quirky, <laughs> but she loved going. Um, she might still love it. I don't know, but she loved going to places and um, digging up things. Well, she found these um, native, I'm going to assume they were Native American bones. Okay. Because why else? Because we have a lot of that going on. Well, we have flooding that happens a lot around here. And um, there was flooding in this one house and it was an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere. I found this out later. Like I did not know of this then. Like this is like way later whenever I spoke to people and I've, it's, it's insane how it all happened. But the basement had flooded. So there was a lot of dirt underneath the bait in the basement. Well, unfortunately it had also, there was a graveyard that it had done the same thing too. In the middle of where we live, there's actually a lot of like graveyards in the middle of nowhere. You know, it just, it happens. Well, uh, she had found these bones and um, she thought it would be funny to bring them over and um, they were finger bones. And yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting in my kitchen and she comes in and she was like, oh, I've got these finger bones and she offers them to us. I said, absolutely not. I'd have no reason to have finger bones in my home. You know, I, I said, no. Well, behind my back, my kid's uh, father decided he was going to say yes. And I didn't know this. So um, preceding this, uh, every time, you know, when you, you get a feeling like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had it, but like when you're walking out of a room or somewhere and you feel like something's right behind you and you get this like feeling to like run or this like panic feeling for no reason. Well, every time I would leave our bathroom, I would feel like somebody was right behind me trying to grab me. So I would run out of the bathroom, just run. And um, I didn't know where this feeling was coming from. And um, my kid's dad's name Shane. And he, he asked me, he was like, why do you keep running out of the bathroom? Like, cause he, after seeing me do it like five or six times, he was like, why do you keep running out of the bathroom? And I told him, I was like, cause I keep feeling like something keeps trying to like, grab me or something's behind me. I don't know. And then he got the look on his face. I will never forget. He got this, this plain look on his face. He's like, Oh, cause like, right. Our bathroom was next to the, the guest bedroom, which was all the way at the end of the house. And, um, he said, I need to tell you something. Um, he had those finger bones, like I said, he admits to keeping them. Um, and there's a vent on the bottom of, you know, on the ground, on the floor, that's on the wall of the bathroom and the back bedroom. And he, in the middle of the night, one night was like just messing with them and they fell in the vent and he left them there, wow. just left them there. <laughs> and he tells me this and he's like, that, you know, he's like, I don't know why that made me think, I don't know why it made me think to tell you that. I was like, well, that's probably what it is. Um, so I said, get those finger bones out of the vent and get them out of this house. <laughs> well, at this time he had, it had already been like a couple weeks. So then our son was, um, I just want to say three at the time. He was just like kind of talking into sentences. Right. And, um, we went from having him into, um, his own little like crib next to our bed to his own bedroom. Well, our bedroom was on one side of the house. His bedroom was on the same side of the house as the bones were. Okay. And um, we're like, he needs to start sleeping in his own room. So we start 
getting him in his own room. He probably slept in that room two times before this happened. He was in the bedroom and um, we're going to bed and we hear him screaming. He's never done this screaming bloody murder. And okay. Um, he comes running across the house to us. Well, instinctively you're like, okay, maybe he had a bad dream, a night terror or something like that, you know, try to calm him down, let us sleep with him. He kept doing this, but it was like, a, it wasn't like a night terror scream. It was like, he was screaming for his life and he was running away, like screaming. And, um, I don't know. I like, I brought, I bring, I brought it up to him not that long ago. And, um, it's crazy what he remembers and doesn't remember that he tells me now. And the name, he had a name for this thing. Cause I remember it was in the middle of the day, the, by this time, the finger bones are out of the house. Okay. <laughs> by this time that's done. And, um, but whatever was there was still there. And this is at the same time that his stepfather died. So we have all this going on. And in the middle of the day, of course, his dad is, you know, Shane's working and it's me and my son alone. And he's standing at his bedroom door, just standing there, just like, because during the day he had no problems playing in there. It's where his toys were, you know, and he had this dresser that would press up against the wall, but there was like a nook behind the dresser that he used to play hide and seek in. And he just standing at the door, just staring at it. And I walk up to him and I was like, well, what's wrong, buddy? And he said, it's in my room. Just, just really just, it's in my room. I said, what's in your room? And he said, knock you just clear as day, knock you. And I was like, okay, um, I don't, I don't know what that is, but you know, everything in my gut was like, okay. So I stood in the bedroom and I told it, I demanded whatever it was to leave. And, um, I looked at him and I said, is it gone? And he said, yes, but he had pointed to where he would hide in that little nook in the dresser. It was hiding where he used to hide. And like, he kind of was like, uh, yeah, it's gone, but you could tell he wasn't confident in going in there. So, um, that happened. And then I remember he used to say this to me and this is going like, once I explain this later, you'll understand why I'm telling you this. He'd say, I don't know where one night he said, I'm going to grow up as big as Nakio, as big as the sky. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, Nakio, he's so big. He's big as the sky. And then, you know, he's a little, little boy, little toddler. So you're like, okay, cool. And all right. So, um, our neighbor, the one with the bones, <laughs> She ends up having a paranormal experience because I uh, can guess why she probably has bones in her house. So um, she starts freaking out. She's in the woods because she used to go in the woods a lot. And she was screaming. I mean, I'm cooking dinner. She comes running in screaming bloody murder. Apparently she had, this is like right before nightfall. She had went out into the woods and she knew the woods very, very well in that area. And, you know, she, she had barely walked into the woods and she said that she, when she walked into the woods, she felt like she had been spun around, like lost. And she was barely into like the entrance of the wood, wooded area. And she said it was just like, she was lost. And she started panicking and freaking out and screaming because she felt completely delirious and lost, but she felt like something was hunting her. So she runs into our home and she gets her way out, runs into our home and she's screaming and I'm trying to calm her down. And I'm like, you know, just calm down. And one of our neighbors up the road was a police officer, just happened to be a police officer. He shows up with the police car and I was like, who called the police? And he said, I heard screaming, you know, he's like, I heard the screaming. And so she's trying, she's like, of course to him, she sounds like a, a nut job. Cause she's like, I was in the woods and I've lost, you know, and he's just like, okay, yeah, sure. So he's like, well, let me walk you back to your home. She's not right next door to us. So I go with her and him next door and this was by this time it was nighttime 
and he hears something behind because she lives in this trailer he hears something behind the trailer and he points his light over there and i will never forget the look on that man's face and he looks at me and he says i just seen something i don't know if it's real or not he said it was over seven foot tall he said it was white like white as you can get and he said it was very large and i just like i didn't know what to say to him and he said i can't help you and he leaves and then it took me a while to register because right before that noah had said my son had said i'm going to grow up as big as nakio as big as the sky so he was saying how tall this thing was and then this police officer sees this thing behind her home that's very 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 tall and just white so then i think to ask my son what nakio looks like because i i'm just like all right what do i do here so then i asked him because during this time we started having activity pick up in our home you know like feeling things watching you, doors slamming, you know, knocking, stuff like that. And so I ask him what it looks like. And he tells me that it is white and it is very tall. And um, he says, it's very scary. He said it had long fingers, like way you just, you know, describing it. It was pretty much to the T of what, how the police officer described it. So I thought, okay, that's great. Um, we have something in our home that is terrifying. And looking back, it wasn't just in our home. It was on the property. It was walking on the, it was stalking our property because it was going to the neighbor's house, to our home, and then close to where, you know, the police officer was living to us, so that whole area, it was stalking. And it had a name. And um, then that's whenever my child's father started acting different. He started acting like like a different person. He would be talking fine. And then all of a sudden he would change personalities and his eyes would go completely black. And um, he was having sleep paralysis problems at this time too, which I have my own um, opinion on sleep paralysis, but um, he would smell like sulfur and he would get infuriated because I couldn't smell it. Nobody else was smelling this, but him. And he would think like, you know, you're calling me crazy. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. And I'm like, no, I, I believe you. I just don't smell what you're smelling. And it was literally picking him. It was, it was like, it was attacking him. And because, you know, it, it seemed, things like that seem to attack what they think is the weaker, but it's not the weaker. It's usually the more open or the person that has like, let's say if you have like um, any type of like mental like, like anxiety or, you know, any type of like depression or whatever, they pick that and they will use it against you. And it's like, they'll batter you. That's why a lot of people, when they have demonic possession, they are seen as crazy because it uses your vulnerabilities against you. So it was using his vulnerabilities against him. And the fact that he had just lost to, you know, his stepdad and his dad, and it, it, it tore him apart. He, he tried to commit suicide about almost a year after this. And thank God he didn't, you know, but he tried to, and it was like, it was haunting him up until that moment. And it was like, it let go of him at that moment. And, um, it, 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 it was a horrible thing, but talking back about it now, it's something so odd because we all of it, me, him and our son all lived a different thing. You know, we all experienced something different but we can all tell each other with certain fact that it all coincides to each other of what it was and how terrifying it was. Well, so, there's a lot more to it, that. but yeah. yeah, no, thank you for, for being so open with that information. <laughs> thank you. It's actually the first time I've ever um, talked about it to that point. You know, I've never actually talked about it to that point because people look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> well, 
I just wanted to go back to something you'd mentioned just before that. Uh, mm -hmm. You were talking about ghosts being deceased people. Do yeah. you believe that ghosts are deceased people um, and spirits to maybe something else? Or do you, what, what's your take on? I don't call them ghosts. I always call them spirits, you know, mm -hmm. because um, what I've experienced is people, whenever you pass, um, if it's like through a traumatic, something traumatic or something sudden, sometimes, not all times, but sometimes you, it's like your spirit doesn't realize it's dead. And normally you have your guides that help you trans transition from death to the afterlife. You have those people afterwards. Um, but every once in a while you don't. And you spirits can decide if they want to pay to move on or not. They can decide that. So you have some spirits that are very angry or that they feel like they have a message to convey and they're not ready to pass on yet because they feel like if I don't, if I pass on, my message isn't said. So those are the spirits that nine times out of 10, I'll come across usually. I'll come across more of those than I've ever come across anything like evil. And the, the demonics or spirits, so like the one mm -hmm. that you were just talking about, what are they? Or what do you think they are? Now, okay, there's, it's, those are kind of difficult to explain um, when you have something demonic, because obviously those can come from like a religious you know, side. What if you're not religious? What if you are, you know, you don't believe in God and you experience something demonic? You know, you're obviously like, well, I don't believe in God. Why is it attacking me? You know, or, or I, or I'm Buddhist. Why is this demonic thing attacking me? Isn't that in the Catholic sense? No, those things are the closest that I can come to saying it is they are pretty much interdimensional too, from what I've experienced. Hell, this, okay. I'm sorry if this upsets anybody. This is what I experienced. Hell is not a place. It is not someplace you go to burn for eternity you can sense pretty much see it as um, a, another dimension in itself. Like you have demonic things that come from that. You have shadow people. Those are um, not demonic. They are um, metaphysical. They are a completely different thing <laughs> than what demons are. So there's different types and there's different, like there's devils, there's de demons. There's it's just a matter of what it is, where it's come from and it just, saying demonic is just pretty much spreads it you know it makes it an easier description of what it could be because if i say demonic you know it's bad correct so versus me saying this metaphysical you know interdimensional <laughs> i can't you know i i can do that but most of the time people are gonna look at you like what so it's more of a description than anything it, every single one of them has their own on what they are and where they're from it's just a matter of honing in on it and figuring out what it is so this uh, Nokio, the, the, the spirit of Nokio, yeah. demon that's in your house where you're living, yeah. how did that end? What happened to... Now, um, like I said, we left there. We pretty much abandoned that home. We, we abandoned it. It got so bad. Like I said, it was, it, it was torturing my child's father so bad to where we, we ended up splitting up throughout it. And because I was trying to get him help, but I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I had no idea. And there was nobody to talk to about it. And everybody was thinking that, excuse me, that he was going crazy because of what he was saying. 
but I was experiencing things too. So I was like, I know he's not going crazy. And we ended up abandoning that home because we didn't know what else to do. I moved in back in with my parents, with my son. I asked him to come with me. And that's whenever he tried to, to kill himself and ended up in the hospital. And um, he actually, um, after a little bit, he ended up um, going with his brother to, because his brother's a preacher, ended up going to the church and he became very spiritual. And it's like, it, it was like whenever he tried to kill himself, it's like the thing let go you know, after that, he stopped experiencing it completely. Once we left the home, I stopped experiencing it. It wasn't attached to me. Um, but in Noah, my son, he is very, he can see things too. You know, I've, I've realized that because especially the things that he has seen afterwards. Um, but um, his dad, it was really trying to get at his dad. And um, it, it just ended up letting go of him. And I don't know if it has to do with um, him becoming part of the church or um, him I don't know. I really, that's something, it's literally an open thing. I really don't know because I feel like most of it, when it comes to Nakio, it's mostly his story, you know, when it comes to personally dealing with it, like it helped with my awakening because I was like, obviously there's more, you know, what's going on. Um, but I can't, I can't say for hundred percent certainty how it let go or how he got it to let go of him, but it did, but it, it took, it took a couple of years. Sounds like the right thing to do. I think, like, when you watch a horror movie and you just think, just leave the house, just don't live there anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's not well, like you that's did the, that, that's, which is that's the thing, too. Is like, and everything in you tells you to leave. Like, you, you, it would get to the point where when we would leave and we would come home, I'd feel like it wasn't my home anymore. I'd feel like it was that thing's home. And right when I'd walk through the door, I'd get this, this foreboding, this horrible feeling of dread. And I wouldn't want to be there anymore. And it was so hard to even sleep there. But um, with people, I've noticed there's some, there's times that even leaving a home doesn't help. It's attached to you. There's times where it's attached to the home and there's times that it's attached to you and you can leave that 10 different homes and it'll still follow you. So you literally have to break that connection. It's just a matter of, does it, you know, does it, is it attached to you or is it attached to the home? Which one is it? That's where mediums help out a lot because they are able to tell is it, if it's attached to the person or not. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the state where you live is quite a religious state. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, what, we're, we're, it's called the Bible Belt, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so how has sort of your gifts and what you do sort of been received by people in the community? At first it was, um, I've literally been, I've been called satanic. <laughs> I've been called, this just really awful things. Um, and it's, 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 funny now but at the moment it really wasn't like when I first came out because after a while I was tired of hiding who I was to make other people happy you know just because I live somewhere to where they don't accept it doesn't mean that I need to hide what I experience and how I can help people and I stopped doing that even in my own family it wasn't accepted um being raised catholic and stuff like it, you know if you have the site and you see they will say that those I literally have been told that spirits are even demonic. They literally will say every spirit I've encountered are demonic, which is not true. But they're like, well, how do you know the difference? Because I know the difference. You can tell the difference between something evil trying to hurt you and something trying to help you. you that, that's literally what mediums do. They can tell the difference. So I've, I've had both. I've had very welcoming people and I've had very, um, very mean people. It's, it's just a matter of how tough are you to be able to say, you know what? I don't care what you think. It's, that's just what it is. So going right back to right at the start of our conversation, we were talking about 
the the fact that you were you were posting videos up on TikTok talking about some of the experiences. So, how has social media changed people's reactions to the type of videos and uh, the the gifts you've got? What what kind of change have you seen since you've been doing that? Well, I've had um, on my Facebook for a couple of years now. I have a page on my Facebook. And um, that was first starting out for people to come and if they needed readings to come there. That was the big one there was for me to open that on my Facebook because I had so many people from my hometown on my Facebook. So that was literally me being like, here it is, whether you like it or not. And I've lost a lot of people along the way doing it and I don't care. But it's it, that, that probably was the worst part because I even had lost a lot of family. And so the TikTok thing, really, I just started doing the TikTok thing because it's like, I've already gone and dealt with this. Now I'm ready to tell my stories. And I, I, I have so many different stories that sometimes I'll just remember them and be like, oh, I need to write that down, you know, because I didn't write any of these things down as they happened. I just went through them. So now as I'm remembering the stories or, you know, memories that never go away, you, I write them down. So now I'm like, okay, slowly coming out with these stories. And it's just like, if it, for some reason, the scary ones are the ones that stick the most, you know, I have way many more that aren't scary that are pretty decent, but this, those scary ones, they, they stick in there. <laughs> They're scary hard to get rid of. a bit juicier, aren't they? I didn't... I, and that's another thing too. People enjoy those ones so much more. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to hear it, yeah, sure. I'll tell you about it. You know, if you want to hear my story. <laughs> And sometimes like I'll like some of the TikTok ones I put out, I don't think they're that scary, you know, and people are like, that was really, that was creepy. I'm like, well, I didn't think that one was that bad. Like whenever I was, um, the one I had put out just recently, I was studying demonology at my parents' house and something was in my sister's room. You know, I, I didn't think that one was too awful, but people are like, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> so why did you sort of choose TikTok? It's obviously quite a new, obviously thing that's going on we've started ourselves using tiktok as a way to yeah. sort of promote the episodes share some videos or pictures that we've got and so yeah so why 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 tiktok um i think because it's there's so many different people on tiktok like like i said with the facebook thing it's like seems more honed in more you know smaller whereas tiktok is vast like so many people from different countries and different areas will see that Whereas I would never in a million years know that they would have seen that. So it seems to reach more people than Facebook, Instagram, any of that. TikTok seems to reach so many more people. And it, to me, that was literally me telling those stories was kind of like, all right, here we go. I'm going to put it out there. And a lot of people are going to see it that I never would have thought would ever see it. It's more <laughs> it fun as well. To me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've, uh, we, yeah, we get We've just been putting stuff up about episodes and, and such like. It seems to be reaching new people. That... Yeah. It's and it's it's so interesting. And I, I I just get fascinated by people in general. I'm I think people are very fascinating. And um it's people can be very harsh, people are, you know, very critical and stuff, but at the same time it's like you've gotta be you gotta have a tough skin to to do it. And I think I've got a pretty tough skin from dealing with you know, all of the negative views <laughs> from Facebook. I think Facebook sometimes is more negative than anything. Facebook's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. I need to let that cat out. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
Okay, well, if they want to find me on TikTok, it's uh, Wicked Nikki Zero. So um, W I C K E D N I K K I Zero. That's it. And um, that's pretty much where I have my main like stories and stuff like that. Whenever it comes to like Instagram and Facebook, it's just the personal stuff, you know. But that is the main one. I just recently, I've actually was thinking about posting another video because I haven't. I think it's been a couple weeks since I've posted um, my last one but um, I'm going to start, I've been writing them down. So they're more consistent. So, but yeah, they can find me on there. Awesome. Well, Nikki, thanks very much for taking the time to come and talking to us. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Thank you. It's been amazing. Yeah. If you guys ever want to have me back or whatever, I'm open to it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.